today we are going to talk about the virgin birth. It's obvious that it's Christmas. I may take it a slightly different direction than maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. But I want to talk about the virgin birth and um, did it really happen? We live in a time, as I talked about last time, well, time before last, Sean preached last week, but we live in a time where humanism is the religion of America. And humanism is simply this. Humans decide everything. We are the end all, the be all. It's, it's the same lie that was at the Garden of Eden when the Satan came to uh, Eve and Adam indirectly and said, you can be like God. It's a lie that we have continually bought for 6,000 years, if you believe in a young earth, if not much longer. And it's one that brings death into your life. Because they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not the tree of life. When you eat from the tree of life, you, you said like they said on the first song, I surrender all to God. That is the only way to find your purpose in life is to surrender to Him. It is totally opposite of the way our minds work. Our minds love thinking we can do everything. We can do a lot because we're created in His image. We, we are creative. We can do cool things. But until He breathes on you, like He breathed on Adam in the garden, there is no life. You can only do good at the best. But every once in a while, we, we slip up, don't we? And we do evil. And then that one night, we do stuff that we remember the rest of our life. Or one word that we say that ruins a relationship for years. And so, but humans love thinking they're at the center of everything. Humans are very valuable to God. We'll talk about that sometime. You are worthy. But you, you don't experience that unless you're following hard after Him. He's your connection point. And so what does this have to do with the virgin birth? There is huge movements through Western Christianity right now to deny the virgin birth, to deny the resurrection, to deny Noah's ark, to, de- to deny um, the miracles that God's done. It is preached in pulpits. We're not talking secular universities. Of course, they don't believe it at all. Haven't for probably ever. But they've denied it all. Why? They say, well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Now, let me ask you this. What kind of God do you want to believe in? If you can figure out everything He has done, then He is not a God bigger than you. Because your brain can figure it out. If you can figure out and understand everything that He has done, He is not a supernatural God. Super means above and beyond natural. And if you if you are, are like many Christians, well, there's good principles there. There's good insight there. There's good self-help there. Why? So let me say it this way: If he's not a supernatural God, why are you? Why are we following him? Just forget the whole thing. It makes no sense. If he is totally natural and totally explainable, that means I might as well just do it on my own because he's not a supernatural God. But that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why? 
Because He's bigger than us and has created us bigger and has created us for bigger things than us. I want to live for something bigger than just what I can come up with in my mind. Now, in my 20s, 30s, 40s, I thought I could come up with some good stuff. But usually by that time, that's when people start having midlife crises. They go, you know, I thought this was cool, but it isn't quite as cool as I thought it was. And then you run out of ideas and you get depressed, discouraged, and do one slip and do stupid stuff. Midlife crisis. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes people do it before then. Without being a supernatural, without being a supernatural God, it's just not worth, He's not God. Forget it. Stop playing the games. The virgin birth, resurrection, Noah, miracles. It's times where the super God intervened in the natural and overcome the laws of physics. And He just moves in. And that's a God I want to be on my side all of the time. And this is a major battle because it's not just a battle against what's logic and what's not logic. It's a battle against what is I am a human can understand and will allow. Now, people go, well, people only believe in a supernatural God if, if they're not well trained. It's just not true. I've got an engineering degree from Georgia Tech. I've been an engineer or software engineer for 40 years. I listen to science podcasts and read science books all the time. This past week, I was reading about the 50 attributes of the standard physics model. I'm not a physicist, but I'm not dumb. But I've come to realize there are things, the more you study science, the more you realize it is supernatural. It has to be. I'm convinced now, even though you don't hear it because of the propaganda campaign, there are more creationist scientists than evolutionists. Probably more creationist doctors than evolutionists. But they can't come out because they'll lose their grants, they'll lose their positions, they'll lose their status. But if you study humans at all, it, ne- it could not have evolved. Take your eye. I'm off on a tangent, but y'all having a good time? If not, I guess, if you raise your hand, I'll, if you, if nobody raises their hands, I'll stop. <laughs> All right, there's a few there. Take the eye, for instance. They say evolution is, mu- is mutations. Well, first of all, almost all mutations are bad and are dropped into the next, next generation. Okay? Well, let's say, let's say, how could the eye mutate? Because it's not, it's not one day you're sightless some something before the Neanderthals. And then in the next generation, then somebody has a baby and they have two eyes that are working and they can see the world. The eye, just think about it. It's one of the most complex organisms your body has. You have the lens. You have the retina. You have the cones in the back. They all have to line up rightly. You have, and those aren't any good unless you have the nerves to the brain. So let's say that some kid got mutated the nerves to the brain. They're not any good. So what's going to happen in the next generation? They're going to drop off. How many mutations would you have to have that all stayed together from generation to generation to get the eye? It is statistically, it's just mathematically impossible. Either the whole eye's there, or it's going to be dropped the next time because it's not any good. 
Scientists know this. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because the ones that heartily believe in it is because I believe in the night when they're being quiet until they get to the point of hardening their heart. They have said no because if you say yes that you were created, that there was a supernatural person that created Adam, took out of the side of him another supernatural, a natural person connected to the supernatural named Eve, I have to admit there is an intelligence greater than me. And humanism doesn't like that. Because if there's an intelligence greater than me, I have to ask the follow-up question. You know what it is. Is that intelligence asking me to do anything, demanding if they're a mean intelligence requiring something, and I do not want to be accountable or in authority to anybody. So I'll believe something as stupid as evolution. And I said it. And I'll sit down and talk about it. Well, how can you say it's stupid? Forty years ago, when I was a senior in Georgia Tech, you've heard this story, many of you, before, but it fits in here. A guy named Henry Morris, who had six or seven science earned PhDs, wrote most of the books for science and homeschooling that they use, because they're not going to use them in secular high schools. He, Campus Crusade for Christ, if I remember correctly, uh, of course they call it crew now, but they, they, they pulled them in, advertised all over the college, creation or evolution. Okay, this was like throwing red meat to sharks. It was a feeding frenzy. I happened to get there early, and the, it was just at the ballroom, said 800. They should have had it at the arena. It was absolutely packed out, and they turned hundreds and hundreds of people away. But they made sure to put the professors on the first row. Okay, they were, they were, they were ready, man. I mean, you could hear the conversations. And a lot of these were my Christian friends. How stupid is this? A lot of them went to Christian ministries, but they had been trained in this because Christians weren't able to stand up and give a ready defense for the gospel and say, okay, I can't explain all the supernatural, but you can't explain the I. There is a supernatural God, and He interrupts several times. And He did it with a virgin birth. By God's grace, I'll get there. Let me finish the Henry Moore story. So He stands up. I mean, it was tense, buddy. You could just like... I think it's going to be red meat. He stands up. He was wise. Then he was quite old. He stands up before all these people, not at Liberty University or Pensacola Christian School, but at Georgia Tech. It always ranks in the top three or four engineering schools in the nation. Always number one public engineering school for public schools. Okay? The rest of them are private. MIT, Stanford, Purdue, whoever. He stands up. And he just pauses, and everybody starts quieting down. He was very smart. He goes, if there's anybody in this room that has one scientific proof for evolution, please stand up and make your case. You could hear the pin drop. Because they knew where this was going. I mean, the guy's not dumb. Probably had more PhDs than most of those guys on the front row put together. And he waits like 30 seconds. Nobody's standing up. I mean, it just like took the balloon of tension, popped it, and just sort of went. He said, okay, now that that's out of the way, let me give you the facts, and then you decide which theory best fits the facts. We're not going to go down that route. We actually talk about that in, in the growth journey quite a bit. 
on apologetics on how to do that. But well, I went out of there and my Christian friends were mad as heck. They were going like, why haven't I ever been told this? Why haven't anybody ever discussed this? So at RC, whether it's the training or Sunday morning, you're hearing it. You can be smart and believe in the supernatural. Do I understand the supernatural? No. But you know I'm not God either. And so in America, a, there's two philosophies that are growing. Buddhism, especially Zen Buddhism and Confucius, Confuciusism. When you study those, I went back and reread them several weeks ago just to make sure I understand. Those are philosophies. depends on the branch, but they don't believe there's a, uh, an external being. Some of them do, depending on branches, but the main ones do not believe there's an external being. It's a bunch of self-help talk. And here, I'm going to tell you today, never let Christianity, and it is in America, devolve into five steps for success, five steps for this or that, that doesn't involve the supernatural. Because in actuality, it's no better than a Buddhist or Confucianistic talk. I'll give you steps a lot, but I'll also always come back and go, you can't do these long without the fruit of the Holy Spirit to help you. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, long-lasting, whatever it is. We need the supernatural. So let's talk about the virgin birth. Um, because this is one that is highly attacked in America. There's no way it happened. It could happen. It's not. There's no way it could happen in the natural. You need a sperm and an egg. Mary obviously had the egg. So you have to have the sperm. Let's read, uh, since it's Christmas, it's a good passage. Uh, Matthew 1, verse 18. I'm going to read seven verses, verses here out of the Passion. Matthew 1, verse 18. This was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. This is what we're celebrating. I'm excited about the presents. The tree looks cool. But actually, this is celebrating Jesus. Now, I don't want to go down this route too much. If you want to go down it more, you can go Google. There's two major views on when Jesus was actually born. It was not December. It was either in the spring or in the fall. You, you, there's arguments to both sides. Why? Because they were out in a manger. If it had been December, they would have been freezing. There's a lot of reasons. You can go read it. That's the apologetics part. Apologetics means just studying for the defense of the gospel. But you know it doesn't matter when he was born. Why? It's real simple. He, the, the Gospels don't tell when he was born. All through the Bible, there's always people that say, well, he was born in this year. He was born in that year. If Jesus, God the Father, didn't want to tell us, they could, he could have told us exactly when he was born. On this date in the, in the, in the reign of King Herod. But they didn't. Why? Because it's not a big deal to him. We're going to go with the concept, okay? He was born. His mother, verse 18... Matthew 1, his mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife. But while she was still a virgin, I've said this like four times, I'll say it again. Maybe we don't know how to answer, but when people take, because it's just, I'm, it says in, for the, the sons of Issachar, which was a tribe in the, in the Old Testament, they were congratulated because they understood their time. So I'm trying to, it's not you. I know you don't believe this. I'm trying to help you understand your times. And when you go out of here, you're not surprised by Christians. We know what unbelievers believe. But it freaks us out when unbelie- when Christians go, well, there's no virgin birth. Then why are you saved? 
And we'll get to that in a minute. If there was no virgin birth, you are not saved. It's as simple as that. We'll end with that. But it's supernatural. I can't understand it. Yeah, I get that. Can you create a human being? Every day, millions of people are being born. It's an amazing thing. Anyway, she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what happened here? The sperm came supernaturally from the Holy Spirit from the Father. That's as much as I know. He manufactured. He made Mary. He can, he can come up with a, one sperm. Okay? And, and, and make this thing happen. And we're going to see that that's important. Why? Why did this have to happen? Her fiancé, Jesus, Joseph, was a righteous man full of integrity and he didn't want to disgrace her. Praise God for honor and integrity. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. So it didn't last real long, but at least he started out right. Verse 20, while he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. And for those of you that are in the scientific world or in the engineering world, just in the world or in college, I just I know I keep harping on this. Do not give up on the supernatural. Your life will be boring, dull, and you'll be miserable. Because then you're only as good as what you can make happen. When you Again, when you're in your 20s, you think you can make a lot happen, but very quickly you realize, okay, I'm good, but not that good. And he will take you somewhere further. He'll plant, not a sperm, so women don't get freaked out, but he'll plant seeds of dreams in you that you couldn't even imagine by yourself. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. That's one thing I don't particularly like about the uh, passion of saying Savior. But either way, Jesus, Emmanuel. This happened so that what the Lord spoke through his prophet would come true. So he, in verse 23, he's quoting Isaiah 7:14, which is hundreds of years before. Listen. A virgin will be pregnant. She will give birth to a son, and he will be known as Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. Verse 24. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife. But they refrained from having sex until she gave birth to a son whom they named Jesus. And that's the story. And it's cool. And Joseph did the right thing. And I imagine Mary was scared out of her mind. Think of, and so there's a side point here that I want to jump on. Joseph and Mary had to endure thoughts, talking, gossip, persecution for the rest of their lives. Look at that. I'm doing the timing in my head. It's a big deal back then. They slept before he was born. We know from other history books, not the Bible, Jesus was called a bastard. Because he was born before they, or he was conceived before he was, uh, uh, before they were married. Thank you. There is a price to believe in the supernatural. There is a price to go against the, the mainstream of humanism. But I'm telling you, there's a price too if you don't. And even though this is a high price, I think it's 
the lower price, and it's an eternal price. So, so why, let's jump in here because I'm going long enough. Why was the virgin birth a big deal? How many of you know this, besides it just being supernatural? If you don't know it, I'd, maybe I don't go into it. Turn to Romans 5.12. It wasn't just a cool miracle, although it was an amazing miracle. But so we're going to get deep into to the Bible and theology. Romans 5.12, again out of the Passion. <clears throat> when Adam sinned, now listen to this, Adam sinned. There was a real Adam. There's a lot of evolutionist, evolution creationness. It's a compromise. There's a lot of Christians that believe in evolution. It's a compromise. It doesn't even make sense. They're, they're incompatible with one another. That's another talk. We won't go into it today. You cannot, you can be an evolutionist and you can be a Christian, but you can't be an evolutionist Christian and be lined up with the Bible. That's another talk. Uh, go Google it. Go look at, at answersingenesis.org. That's a good place to start. There's a lot of good material out there. Romans 5.12. When Adam, and there was a real Adam, sinned, the entire world was affected. Do you realize it was just him and his wife? Why couldn't he have just said, when Adam sinned, so did Eve? The entire genealogy, youngins, grandkids, were all affected. Sin entered the human experience, and death was the result. And so death followed the sin, casting its shadow over all humanity. Not just Eve and him, because all have sinned. Poor Adam and Eve. I guess he's glad when people go to heaven and they're in a good mood and they're not in the sin. They're not doing revenge and betrayal. Or we'd all be kicking them in the butt, metaphorically. I know I'd be lining up. How about you? But hopefully my, my unforgiveness and lack of humility would, would be tempered by the time I got there. <laughs> I preach just like all preachers, don't I? Nice and purdy. But anyway, just straight to the point. So all of humanity... So what does that mean? I may bring up more questions than answers. That's fine. That's Google's great for this. You go read. When you were born, you were you were born that moment before you even did your first cry. When you were let me do it this way. When you were conceived in the womb, you were already consigned and had sin. Even if you hadn't done anything bad yet, hopefully you didn't in the womb. I think it's a little impossible. But it's if you are already consigned, I'm just going to be blunt and going to hell. Because of what Adam and Eve did. Because that sin affected all... Well, that's not fair. Well, blame Adam and Eve. He made a choice for the whole human race. That's what theologians often call original sin. Okay, well, maybe somebody go, I don't believe that. Okay, that's fine. The first time you whined, complained, lied, or steal, then sin came in. How about that? I'll give you that, okay? Because that don't take very long. Pick your, pick your, pick whatever, okay? But you had already been consigned to sin because of his decision. Let's go, this, this, 
a little bit different direction, but go down to verse 17 of Romans. I think this is good teaching here. Is y'all's brain still hanging together? Romans 5.17, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, Adam, death reigned as king over humanity. We can sell this. You know, even if you, even if you never sin, guess what? You're going to die because of his choices. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, who we're going to celebrate his being born in a week. Verse 19, one man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly real, perfectly right. So what does this have to do with the sperm and the father? We're not going to spend any more time because I've already spent enough time. Scriptures tell us even back in the Hebrews, the Israelites in the Old Testament, the sin that goes from generation to generation that causes that death, which you can't argue with that from generation to generation, is passed down through the father, the sperm. Why? Because their eyes were not opened and they were not cast out of the garden until Adam agreed with his wife. Don't get sexist or misogynistic on me. Okay? The Lord had put him in spiritual authority over that relationship. And when he said, okay, I will eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I will be a humanist. I will decide. That was the final gate. And it opened up. And every child that was born after that, the woman and the man, the sperm and the egg, the sin or that, that given in to that came down through the sperm. You see where I'm going. For Jesus to break the power of death and sin, there had to be another father that said no to humanism. That's good. That's simple, basic truths, but it's good. And so he was, he, he was, the sperm came from the father, which was perfect, and then he lived a life that said no to humanism. Always ate, drank, whatever, from the tree of life. And when we believe that, that's why it had to be a virgin birth. If it was a birth through a natural man, through Joseph, death would have been passed on to Jesus. He would have eventually died a natural death and had to fight original sin. Now, I said this simply, but there's some deep theological truths in this. It's good. And if you dis, if you get rid of the supernatural, Jesus would not have had the ability to, to save you because he would have been born into fallen man. So have it your way. If you're as a Christian and there are thousands and tens of thousands of Christians in America today that believe there's no virgin birth. That's between them and God if they're saved. But I'm here to tell you they could, he would just been born like any other man. And you're believing that, let's say Jan goes to the cross and dies and says, I'm the Messiah. I'm believing in her. She's not going to get me saved as good as a person as she is. Same with Jesus. Because if he'd lived long enough, he would have died a natural death. 
It had to be a supernatural virgin birth to, to incubate, to conceive, to bring forth a man that could start over again like Adam. See, Adam was born without original sin and death. Jesus was born without original sin and death because it was passed down through the Father. That's good. Your brain's all right? So apply this to all things. I may not understand about Noah's Ark. I may not understand about uh, Jonah and the whale. Well, good. You believe in a God that actually does some stuff that's probably worth believing in. You actually believe in a God that's worth believing in. If your God didn't do nothing, just quit and go be a Buddhist. It's just... It's about as powerful. How can you believe in Jesus Christ to redeem your sins and rose again from the third day? If you don't believe that, and there are Christians that believe it, I'm telling you, I don't know if they're saved or not. It's between them and God, but there's no power there. I don't see how they could be, but that's between them and God. The supernatural is what gives you, tell Dustin we miss him today, it gives you the spice It gives you the power. It gives you the strength. Let's stand. Love you guys. Been a good morning. That praise and worship was just so good this morning. I love who we are here. I love what God's doing. Do you know we have a great church? We do. We have a great church. Most people consider great with big. Well, you could have a big church and not be great, but you could have a great big church. We have a great small church, and I love it. It's great. I know all your names. You know mine. I like that. I think that's good. I think all of you have my phone number if you ever have to text or something. If you don't, come to me. I'll give it to you. I couldn't do that if this was a church of 4,000. I would never get out. It would be a long Sunday. <laughs> so, Father, I just thank you for these brothers and sisters. And we all have the same Father. And we all stand equal before you. And we thank you that you are our God and you are a supernatural God. And we don't want to just talk about that awesome miracle you did 2,000 years ago with Mary. We, that was awesome. I can't imagine much beating that. But we also thank you, Father. I thank you there's going to be supernatural dreams for people here this week. Hear your supernatural voice, supernatural miracles. Anybody needs a miracle here this week, Lord? Just supernaturally interrupt their natural circumstances and bring something super into it. Because we believe you are a supernatural God. And we're going to spend the rest of eternity just getting a small thimble full of who you are. That's how big you are. And Lord, I just pray blessings on each person as they go out. Great family times because they can often be stressful at Christmas. But this will be the best, most peaceful Uh, most joyful family times that they've ever had. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.